Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. It's Podcast Friday. Can't wait to share with you today. Going to give a brief moving update and also do some book recommendations. That was my creative idea this morning when I realized I didn't have anything else front and center to talk about, only because I think this moving adventure is taking up way more brain space than maybe I thought it was. So it is indeed Podcast Friday, and I just got done, literally just two minutes ago got done, recording the trailer podcast to the new one I'm doing with Nathan Riley, my OB friend. So be on the lookout for that once we get it like all together and processed and up as a podcast standing on its own, which is really super exciting, I think. Not that I don't love this podcast, but just starting another project feels amazing. So that podcast is going to be called The One About the Midwife and the OB. And we even have a new website for that, themidwifeandtheob.org. So themidwifeandtheob.org. That'll be just really simple website with a little bit about us for people that don't know and the new podcast episodes as they roll out. And yeah, super excited to share that, the trailer and then the work as we actually get into it. But it took a little while to get this far just because people are busy. Um, both of us obviously are. We had to get some podcast art done which I hope you enjoy once you see that for the new podcast. It's really cool. Uh, We had an artist named Cheyenne do that for us. She's on our social. So shout out to Cheyenne for doing an awesome job on this art. Uh, Nathan rigged up a friend to do the music. So we have proprietary art for this new About the Midwife and the OB podcast. So moving into a brief moving update since people have been asking and I guess I have made this uh, something I talk about (laughs) publicly, so no hiding behind all that's going on, even though it is really so personal and it does have to do with birth work, but it's more about me and my family. So someone asked what the update was and I thought I would go into a little bit about how I'm essentially hoping to create this new situation for our family. So on the surface, yes, it's moving. And it will definitely include actual moving stuff out of this old house in Sedona that is indeed being sold. And, you know, moving on to some location that I'm not sure of at this moment, like those things are definitely going to happen. And also on the practical side, um, you know, It's hard on a family, I think, like, thank goodness, we'll all be together. But the older kids are having resistance for sure. This is all they've ever known. They have friends here. 
And, you know, I hear, I hear kind of like my mother's voice in my head of what I think the truth is, you know, as far as that goes, like, hey, you guys, you've never lived anywhere else. Like, how about being open to an adventure? Or, you know, you don't really have that many friends here because it's a super small town. So what if we move somewhere and you had so many more opportunities? Well, I'm not saying those things out loud, really, or at least not at the moments when they're trying to express their feelings, because that feels very invalidating. Um, But I do hear the voice in my head. So I won't lie, it's definitely stressful in that way. No one's wanting to convince anyone of anything. um, And we don't exactly know where we're going yet. So there's a lot of talk around our house right now. Where are we moving? What's going on? And people wanting to know, understandably. And I don't quite have the answer yet. So especially with the littler kids, it's been like, well, uh, we'll let you know, you know, we don't even need to talk about it, really. We don't need to talk about it this much. Um, your dad and I are working it out and we'll have a really awesome place for us all to go to at some point. But with older kids, yeah, definitely more around it and, you know, feeling upset and, and then themselves, you know, trying to come up with places we could move here, which there aren't any, there aren't any. So that's all the practical sort of boring specifics of the matter. And I guess what I wanted to share is the place I'm staying in and doing my best to stay in on the regular right now, which is a place of manifestation. It's a place of deep breathing and serious visualization and feeling into what I want, what I want for myself and what I want for our family and leaving it open. You know, it's a lot like birth, like we can imagine our vision We can imagine how it feels to hold that squishy new baby and feel healthy and solid and present. Um, But we don't always know what that actually looks like. And Rumi's birth was such a great example. It really taught me so much about manifestation and how we do control our feelings and all of that. Um, But we don't always control the external circumstances that might produce those feelings. So that was such a great lesson this past year. And I'm really using that wisdom to guide this moving train. Uh, So I'm feeling it every day, I'm breathing, and just reminding myself how powerful I am. And saying things like I intend to stay in my power. And I shared on a couple of podcasts ago, that that's really how the moving train got started. Um, It was simply coming into my own power more and not wanting to sacrifice myself or my family or my integrity for um, a landlord that doesn't appreciate people. And, you know, is is barely human on some days to us, frankly, Uh, we've put up with it for a really long time, in the name of just keeping the peace, right? And you have 10 kids, um, you don't want to piss off your landlord. And for eight years, we did a really good job of being doormats. Uh, I'm not proud of that, but I think it had its place. It it wasn't time yet to come into this newfound awareness that allowing that energy um, in our lives is not good, you know, and it's not something I even want my children to model. I don't want them to see their parents and, and their house be treated in this way. Uh, we are better than that, you know, and it's not a battle. We just simply are coming into the vibration we truly want to hold with no excuses and no worries about what the landlord will think or what anyone else will think or trying to accommodate anyone else. 
So by stepping into that full power myself and saying, you know, no more, we will not accommodate her. Um, we will live in integrity with ourselves and be true to ourselves. Then this all snowballed out, which is she's selling the house and blah, blah, blah. And it's 1111 as I speak. I've been seeing lots of, you know, magic serendipitous numbers on the clock all day long, <laughs> all day long. 1111, 222, 444, all of them. Rumi's, of course, is 333. Anyway, uh, so it's all good, you know. So if you don't know me, you might have thought, oh, man, that sounds really hard. These people have 10 kids and poor them. And while I appreciate the sympathy, um, this was totally directed by me. It was totally influenced by my unwillingness to compromise myself anymore. So um, I hope that, you know, is inspiring in the way that it might need to be for people out there. Uh, so it's not always easy in the sense of like, yes, now we have to find a new home. But I'm not interested in easy. You know, I'm not interested in just keeping it easy and sacrificing my truth. I wouldn't encourage anyone to do that in birth or in life. So I am truly attempting to walk the walk, the walk, talk, the talk kind of thing. And yeah, here we are. Here we are. And I'm feeling actually so powerful and so good and, and so, you know, in control of my own emotions and feelings. I'm not though, in control of ultimately where we wind up, or, you know, seriously, like what state that is, what house that is, I don't know. And my work every day has been to hold this feeling of autonomy, this inner freedom, that's what I crave. I want freedom for myself. I want freedom for my family. Yet I know I already have it. So it's just tapping into that tapping into this feeling of being free of being free of other people's judgments of being free of, you know, this landlord situation of being responsible to someone every month to pay the rent. I'm free of that. And I don't know what that looks like. And I said to Jason, and I and I really did mean it, even though it's not practical, because the house is being sold. Um, I said to him, I have to remain open to whatever the situation is like, we have to remain open to that. Because some really wacky, weird thing could happen, where we actually do stay in this house. I mean, I can't explain how that would happen. But I'm just saying it's like, you don't know, you can't orchestrate where I don't think, but you can be in control of yourself, your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts. And you know, there's so much similarity to birth. Uh, and again, I'm going to reference Rumi's birth. When I was in labor with him, I had my chiropractor friend come over, as many of you know, and she said to me, what's the worst you can happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? And I said, well, that I'll get a C-section. And she said, okay, well, hold that, you know, don't, don't like focus on it. But don't keep that out of your awareness, because by keeping it out, with so much energy behind it of fear and, you know, no, I don't want that. You're actually inviting the energy there. And she's so right. And I did do that. And I do think that's why his birth also turned out to be so powerful and everything I really wanted. Because at some point, my lowest moments, I had to invite in the possibilities of anything of anything happening. And, you know, it's similar with this house. So I don't know where we'll be. I'm holding space for feeling free. Uh, maybe it will be here, maybe something really crazy will shift. And I can't even imagine what that would look like. But I'm open to it. 
um, even though practically speaking, I don't really want to stay here anymore. I'm feeling like Sedona is amazing. It is one of the most beautiful places on earth. It has blessed us with so much abundance and beauty. And so many of our babies have been born here. And I've had so many experiences and amazing clients and friends. Um, But it's time to move on. And that's something I'm feeling really clearly too. Even though, like I said, I don't ultimately know what the plan is. I am feeling done with this energy. So who knows? Who knows what that will look like? But my sense is holding this vision of what I want to feel is the most powerful. And I've been taking more time to meditate at least once a day and pulling some cards. And, you know, that's a whole other thing, really. Um, I've been pulling the same cards again and again out of a 60 card deck. So I've been pulling the gratitude card. And that's another thing. So feeling powerful, feeling free and autonomous and grateful, spending so much of my day reminding myself to be grateful and feeling it, you know, looking at my little baby's head and every hair on his head and just like, oh, I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. You're here and these mountains and the air and the greenery and, you know, every speck of dirt beneath my feet and the fact that this place has taking care of us for so long. And we're so blessed. We've had a house here in one of the most gorgeous places on the planet for eight years. Um, It's been so good to us, you know, so many things like I'm so grateful. And seriously, that just that sitting in the energy of absolute gratitude for just seconds and bathing yourself in that is like, enough to create miracles. And you know, I see it. I see it happening before my eyes. I know that it's true. I know that just being in these states of consciousness is what will bring us our new home and our new place. So honest to goodness, that is my focus. Um, Yeah, it's not that I don't have moments of, oh my gosh, I hope this works out. Or, you know, where will we go? I mean, my brain is definitely working overtime. And there's a few possibilities there. So Yes, there's like that mental activity, but ultimately I know my power, my power, and and I think the same for you, anyone listening, your power, my power, um, we have it, it's all in there. And whether it's a birth we create or a new home we create, we absolutely positively have that power. And if you're feeling doubtful, um, just be in gratitude, you know, just be in gratitude for having what you have right now, for being where you are right now, for, you know, being thankful for the gifts. This morning I woke up and the landlord had sent a nasty email about whatever showing the house sometime soon, which is not going to be an easy task for us. And I definitely felt angry. And I just thought, why is this woman so hateful? You know, like, what is the deal? Um, And I don't know. And it's not really mine to know. But as I was out on the land, which always makes me feel better, I actually had a moment of gratefulness for her. Just that she's shown me what I really want. She's shown me that it's not okay to be in relationship with this kind of energy and that I want more and that I'm really clear on what that is and we're going after it. So that is a huge gift. I'm sure she doesn't know it. I'm sure she'll never know it, but she has provided us with a huge gift and opportunity to step up and beyond our comfort zone into a new adventure. And I know it's going to be great. So that's my update. Um, Just sharing where we're at. And as far as like actual possibilities, 
I'm not really sharing what those are because they seem to fluctuate, honestly, by the day. Um, there's opportunities presenting themselves, you know, pretty far away. And then there's at least one, you know, in Arizona, but not close to here. And I don't know. I don't know what is going to come of any of those at the moment. I'm just following the energy. And I think that's a really great reminder to me and maybe to some of you out there that especially when you're in a place of not knowing, um, yes, you know, there's something to be said for being in the not knowing and just surrendering, but then follow the energy, you know, where is it going? If you reach a dead end, then it's a dead end and you don't push it. So for example, there's a house not far from here. I mean, it is far from here, but it's still in Arizona. And I really would love to see it. There's no reason not to see it. It's something that we could possibly make work out, uh, but haven't been able to see it. No one wants to show me this house. It's almost comical. So I laugh in those moments where I try to, and you know, it's not personal, really. Uh, it's not personal from another person, but yet it is probably the universe being like, nope, nope, that's not your thing. And so I don't push it. You know, I've asked to see the house. I've asked a couple of realtors, maybe somebody will get back to me, maybe they won't. Uh, And if they don't, it's just not the house and I'm not going to go pushing the river. And that's another element, I guess, if people were wondering, you know, what are you doing to find a house? How are you finding a listing or whatever? No, I'm not. I'm not doing that because we have a very unconventional situation. Um, We don't do mortgages. We don't do traditional mortgages. We are philosophically opposed to that. And we're outside of the system. So I mean, we're not going to get one anyway, we wouldn't be able to. So we really need a unique situation, we need a a seller that is willing to carry the loan, perhaps, um, and do payments. Uh, and, And honestly, it needs to be something we can actually pay for. So here, a million dollar house, nope, Um, even if someone wants to carry that loan, we're not going to be able to buy a million dollar house in five years which is sort of the max amount that anybody wants to carry for. So um, that's one of the specifications we're looking for. And um, yeah, with houses selling as crazy as they are here, nobody is interested in that. So I'm not trolling the Zillow ads. That's not where I'm at. I'm not just picking a place on the map. I'm not just looking at real estate because we can go get a mortgage and, and get any house we want. We truly cannot but it is a blessing because it's really allowing the universe to speak to me and to speak to us and to plop opportunities, literally plop opportunities into our lap that could work for us and that we're super excited about. So I will be really anxious to share once we have something finalized um, because I know so many of you have been supportive and interested and maybe it'll be inspiring to you, you know, that you don't have to buy a million dollar house, um, you know, or you don't have to get a bank loan. Like there are other ways of doing things. And my intention is, of course, to do something that we can pay for, you know, whether it takes us three years or five years that we actually have land and a house that is done and paid for. I don't want debt. And I don't want a loan anyway. And so it's really, you know, it's really um, making us consider what's important to us. My parents, you know, kind of that generation, and I think a lot of people, not just generate, it's not just a generational thing, um, definitely, you know, live outside of their means in the sense because they can, because alone, I don't know, I mean, that's based on all sorts of imagined things in a lot of cases. And, you know, you can get a loan 
for a lot more than you really should ever be paying for a house. And I'm grateful to be outside of that and to see things a little bit differently, even though it's true. Um, I don't have a, you know, I don't have a million options. Um, I'm not going to look on the Zillow or whatever and have a house absolutely anywhere that we could buy. It's just, that's not our reality. So we'll see. Things have plopped in. Um, There's been some unique opportunities involving land. And then, of course, this idea of a retreat center. So I will say if there's people out there, you know, that are willing to do a mortgage on a retreat center, then they should totally let us know. Um, It wouldn't be something we expect people to pay for. We would totally pay for it. But uh, someone carrying the loan is what's needed, especially for a property like a retreat center. So I'm trusting that's going to come in. We already have some interesting clues and tidbits that are, you know, helping guide the way as far as what we're looking at and where. But yeah, Indie Birth totally could come into a retreat property as well. And we're totally open to that kind of help. So, you know, I think I've said to investors, yeah, sure, money's great. If if anybody knows a a bazillionaire and they have a couple million to spare for a birth center, uh, sure, we'd love to meet them. But really, um, we're knowing that this is our hard work too. So if there are people that can help with the pieces, and like I said, are willing to um, just kind of like hold the note, so to speak, then it could be something we can work out and actually do. All right. Well, that's a quick update. And I think for the rest of this podcast, I'm going to keep it a little brief because I've left Rumi for a little while now. Um, I just wanted to mention some books. I just honestly pulled them off my bookshelf. I'm in my office. This is the first podcast I've done in my office since Rumi has been born. And um, I have like hundreds of books here. And somebody just this week said, do you have any book recommendations? And I didn't have the brain cells to think (laughs) and type it out for them. And I thought, hey, I'll just talk about some on the podcast. And these are in no particular order. And they're certainly not my only favorite books. I just looked at the shelf before I got on the phone with Nathan here and pulled off a few that I really like that people might not know about. So get out your pen and paper, although I will type these out and put them in the podcast notes. so You don't have to do that. And just blab a couple minutes about each and maybe it'll be something new and exciting that you need to read. Okay, so the first book I pulled off the shelf is called The Surrender Experiment, My Journey into Life's Perfection by Michael Singer. And seriously, um, I might reread this tonight. Because I read this years ago, it was suggested by my chiropractor. And I'll just give you like the 10 second version. Um, It's a guy that decides he's only going to go where life takes him. So sounding a lot like my life right now. So maybe that's why I'm going to read it again. Um, But it's really cool. So it's a guy that doesn't like seek opportunities. But he, if I remember correctly, um, ends up developing this whole business center and kind of like retreat center and and different things that happen to him in his life, um, all because he just follows the energy. He doesn't like seek anything. He just goes where the flow goes. So it's a really cool book. And it's a real life story. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of reading the back. He had a spiritual community um, on 600 acres at one point. It's just really about like letting go and seeing where your life takes you. So actually couldn't be perfect, more perfect for me today. I'm going to take this one home. Cool. 
Um, let's see, my next book here that I really enjoy, and obviously these aren't birth books, so sorry if you were expecting that. There may be a few. Uh, when Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron. I don't know if I'm saying that. Chodron? I don't know if I'm saying it right. Um, but Pema, or Pema, I don't know how you say it, Chodron, is a Buddhist nun. And um, she's written some really awesome books. And so this book was sent to me way back when by a friend after Sable died. Uh, so it's called When Things Fall Apart, Heart Advice for Difficult Times. So if you don't know who she is, you should definitely check her out if that resonates with you because she has other books. And there's another one actually right here. Um, I have her other book called The Places That Scare You, A Guide to Fearlessness in Difficult Times. But this is making me want to reread all the books, see? That's why it's good to pick through your bookshelf. And books are things I will never part with. There's a lot of things in this office that might stay when I leave, <laughs> but the books are not uh, anything that I will leave. Books are so valuable. Okay, next book, and this is a birth book. It's called Home Birth, A Poemic by Ariel Greenberg and Rachel Zucker. And I have the first edition. I'm pretty sure they have a second print edition now. And I don't know, maybe I'll try to link to it. But um, Arielle is actually a friend of mine. She's a poet. And we've been friends for a long time. We had babies together back 16 years ago in Chicago, we both had the same midwife. And Arielle is an artist, you know, she's a she's a poet. And she wrote this book with her best friend, Rachel, about their home birth experiences. And it does include her stillbirth. Ariel had a stillbirth. Um, her second baby was a little boy. And I really remember, I remember when he died, he was, um, I think she was like 30 something weeks. And I was actually at my sister's house for the birth of her first baby, when I got news that Ariel's baby had died. And Ariel ended up writing about it in this beautiful book. I mean, you'll cry and you'll laugh. And it's just really worth supporting these two women poets as well. And then Ariel went on to have another baby, another boy that, um, you know, is thriving and healthy. So she has two kids. And she had one baby that died. And she was a huge inspiration to me just, you know, as a woman, way back then, and the first person I had ever met who had a stillbirth. So that's not all of the book. That's just a part of the book. But just if you're wondering, it's just so good. So read that one. And then I do have two birth books here that I happen to pull off. And funny enough, they're both by Robbie Davis Floyd. I don't even think I meant to do that. Obviously, I'm a Robbie Davis Floyd fan. So birth models that work is really awesome. And I think I even have a signed copy. Isn't that cool? She signed mine back in 2009. Uh, we use this book, actually both of them for some of our courses and in the Indie Birth Midwifery School. But birth models that work is just really inspirational. Um, there's a chapter like from different places around the world and how birth looks there in creative ways. So sort of not the like mainstream version, but things that have been developed that are really cool and can inspire you. And then the second book, maybe not surprising is her very famous birth as an American rite of passage. Um, if you haven't read that book, please read that book. It'll just help so much understand how we got where we are and you know, how how hospital birth and sort of mainstream life in general is so ritualized and why so enlightening. 
So that's my really quick book review. I didn't want to bore anyone and I didn't want to blab on today because I have other things um, I want to do. But I did briefly just want to wrap up by sharing that Margo and I are going to start doing some VIP days. So let me explain what that means. First of all, right now we're focusing on midwives and doulas, uh, perhaps student midwives, you know, as well, if that happens to be who comes. But the point is to work with you, if you're one of those categories right now in life, work with you one-on-one for six hours all at once on a Saturday, probably online. So you get three hours with me, three hours with Margot. And our hope is to just give you so much individual attention and support and information and guidance and all of that great stuff. And you leave feeling renewed. You leave feeling like, you totally know yourself better, and you have more clarity around your work in birth. Uh, I guess, you know, where this came from, we hear from so many people, midwives and doulas specifically, that are sort of lost and burnt out. And maybe they did trainings, you know, like they have some knowledge, practical knowledge, but they don't have any sense of how this looks for them as an individual in their life. Um, Essentially, you know, they don't know who they are in this role. And certainly layering business and websites and all of that kind of stuff on top of that is impossible. If you don't know who you are, if you don't know why you're doing this work, if you kind of haven't been pushed to figure that out, then this is your chance because we will push you. (laughs) I can promise I will. Um, We at this moment kind of have it divided up into me helping people with their spiritual sense of what's going on, you know, their emotional sense of who they are, asking some really good questions, getting digging into, you know, where the problem areas are that we all sort of have, especially as women, and just seeing if we can shine some light on some of that shadow, which is very normal, you know, but just having someone to talk about it with go through it and be honest with and be honest with yourself. And then transforming that into, okay, well, what do I actually want? You know, I know who I am better. I know what my, um, you know, my limitations are. I know where I need to work. But like, still, I'm in this. I'm a midwife. I'm a doula. I want to do better in this work. I want to serve women more efficiently. I want to enjoy it more. That's a huge thing. And then I really do. I want to make money. I want to make this feasible for me to support myself and my family. Uh, Those are all the goals of a VIP day. And we're super excited to see who comes forward. At this point, it's invitation only. This isn't really something we're putting out to the world at large. I don't think it would make sense, honestly, for people that don't even know us. Um, I think there are people listening and, you know, there's people on our social and all of that stuff. People that are like, yes, I, I hear you talk every week and I want my turn. I want you to focus on me and I really would like your support and help. Then let me know because we have an application process I'm an application for you to fill out information about cost and structure, and then we'll see if it's a good match. And if it's feeling like a great match, then we'll start doing those. And it'll be really fun to see how we're able to support and help women on this journey, because we really need more people. We need more people doing work in this world that feels right to them. And in birth, we need that too. You know, we need women doing that from a place of truth and love and honesty. So my point is, if that sounds at all interesting to you, and you want to fill out an application for a VIP day with Margo and I, just email me, marin at indiebirth.org, 
and I'll forward on that um, application to you. All right, I think that's it. Although I always love hearing from people, even if you're not interested in the VIP day, always nice to hear um, feedback from the podcast or questions you have or suggestions for other episodes. And I wish you the best. Have a beautiful week.